Siyah Tavuks Welcome to the Dior Talks podcast series themed around the 7th edition of Dior Lady Art and hosted by Paris-based journalist Katia Foreman. For this year's event, 11 artists from around the world have participated in a game of metamorphosis by rendering the iconic Lady Dior handbag as a unique piece of art. Today, on the Dior Talk series themed around the 7th edition of Dior Lady Art, we plunge into the universe of Brian Calvin. The artist has dabbled in fashion hookups in the past, but collaborating with Dior represented a whole new level of experience. For this project, the California-based artist selected a series of stylized, cubist-like female figures based on a body of work produced during the pandemic. To bring them to life on the bags, he received the Dior team in his studio located around 90 minutes north of Los Angeles to pour over samples with beadwork and embroidery. Representing hours of meticulous handiwork by the petite main in the Dior Atelier, the resulting creations, he says, take on another form of artistry while staying true to his vision. So, Brian, it's great to be talking to you today. I'm curious, as an artist living in California, what was it like getting the call from Dior to participate in the Dior Lady Art Project? Is this a world you're familiar with, the the fashion world? I'm a little familiar. I've done a few different things over the years, but I mean, this is definitely a whole new level um, and particularly a whole new level of kind of the actual collaboration was a lot more involved. Previously, maybe people have just used my images in some way in fashion. And it was a little surprising for sure to get the call. And it it took me a while to realize exactly what was being asked, uh, which was kind of that full commitment to the artistic collaboration. And I would say once I understood that, uh, I, I got really excited about the project. From seeing photos of you, you're such a colorful dresser. I love your style. What are you wearing today? <laughs> You'd probably be disappointed. I'm wearing a navy uh, t-shirt and dark shorts because it is still a little hot here in California. We're having a heat wave. Got it. Well, you once said music and painting are two things that can bypass language barriers. So what about fashion? What's your view on the relationship between fashion and art and how they can serve each other? Oh, yeah, that's, uh, you know, when you put it that way, I think certainly fashion is another. I mean, I guess when I'm thinking of art, it is the visual quality and the fact that it usually doesn't require, uh, you know, there's no language barrier, particularly. There are cultural differences, which, of course, may change one's understanding. And I suppose that's true for fashion as well. For me, I guess, as far as the relationship between fashion and art, I mean, I feel like they've intermingled as long as there have been fashion and art. Um, And when it's done well, I think they're a really great symbiotic pairing that kind of you know, changes and extends the language of each. Um, You know, I think that can be a kind of dynamic process. And of course, we're all also familiar with, it can also be a a dead end for both streets. (laughs) Absolutely. But it's also 
a major legacy at Dior. I mean, Christian Dior used to be a collector and a one-time gallerist. I don't know if you did much research around the house at all. Yeah, I did know that. It's pretty amazing and inspiring. And you touched on this earlier, but how did you react to this idea of transposing your work onto a handbag? It's such a symbolic object in itself. And this one, the Lady Dior, uh, rose to fame on the arm of Lady Diana. It's got a lot of stories already. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's tricky. It's, uh, you know, I mean, I've done a few sculptures, but for the most part, uh, as a painter, it's really about trying to translate your ideas into two dimensions in order to like invoke maybe three dimensions, depending on how you work. Of course, a handbag is a handbag, but at the same time, it's an object. And uh, from an artistic perspective, it becomes a sculpture. And I mean, luckily, it's such a defined and refined shape, and obviously with quite a legacy to it, that for me, it just became a really interesting challenge on like, uh, at first, I guess it was actually really uh, daunting, the challenge, because I was like, if I'm going to do this, it has to work both as art and obviously from, you know, Dior's perspective as a bag. So, you know, I didn't want something that's just like, just plopping your image on the bag. So it was really about finding kind of the perfect image and I was really reluctant for a while because I wasn't sure that that existed from my perspective. And then I sketched for quite a while and came up with a few ideas. And the two we went with, like, I just felt they ended up providing a great way to work. And then the process itself allowed them to even kind of breathe more deeply and open up, which is kind of, you know, I mean, that's what I'm looking for when I'm making a painting is not knowing what I'm doing from the start, but I'm confident with that in painting where obviously I I haven't had, I mean, this is a new experience for me. And yet the process was pretty similar where it's like you start with something and then the team comes back with so many different variations and ideas. And then I got to look at those and, you know, you start to imagine like, oh, if you use this process for this, and it just really kind of blossomed. Uh, so that's really exciting. So there were these uh, back and forth with the Dior studio in Paris. How were you communicating? A little bit, uh, you know, of course, initial ideas were sent, you know, over the internet or something, but then they would come here all the way to, I live in a small town about 90 minutes uh, north of Los Angeles, and they would drive up and spread out all of these samples on the studio floor, and we'd look at them, and, you know, as I'd be like, oh, I really love this idea and this sample and this idea and another, and they would pull out scissors and start cutting, which I... You know, it's like, no, no, don't cut them up. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like loads of fun. Yeah, it was really fun. Uh, and it was kind of like, I couldn't believe it that actually the first meeting we had, I thought was just going to be kind of going over it a little bit, the designs I had done at that point. But sure enough, they pull out this, you know, portfolio with all of these samples with, you know, beadwork, embroidery, like all different approaches. So it was really exciting. Then I was like, oh, okay, we're like fully in it at this point. So just kind of went from there. 
And just to describe the bags uh, for people who are listening, um, could you present them? Because I'd love to know what they were based on. I believe at least one of them was based on a painting called Backstage. That is correct. And uh, are they based on characters from a series that you created during the pandemic? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, that seems more coincidental to me only in the sense that like, I feel my work's always kind of evolving from uh, year to year. I, I don't like start over and come up with wholly new ideas. It's always more that I, you know, I use a lot of repetition and it, you start one place and then you take it somewhere else. But there was kind of a shift that seemed to happen early in the pandemic. And these figures are very much coming out of that body of work. Mm-hmm. And so what do they look like? What features on your bags? Well, they're very simplified, I would say. I mean, the one of the bags, the larger bag on one, there is the one side that you're talking about had is based on a painting called Backstage that just has kind of one very iconic, simplified and abstracted eye. It looks kind of like curtains of hair pulled back to reveal it. Um, and the other side of that one has three figures, two in profile and one that really is just an eye too, almost like backstage. And they're very simplified and they take up all of the space. I would say the canvas, but of course, in this case, it's the handbag where there's kind of, it's all foreground. There's no background, which is a big part of kind of how I think I've been making some images of multiple figures for a while where it's almost like a puzzle piece. And, you know, on some level, of course, this relates to like cubism or things like that, but um, just a way of kind of divvying up the space. But what I like about that, and especially with the bag, is as much as there are three figures and you can imagine them kind of going back in space, is it's all very frontal. Um, and then the treatment of all the kind of embroidery and beading is of course, very frontal itself. And, and it really, the texture of it all really kind of pushes out. But these characters, are they just something that came about intuitively? I mean, also this idea of backstage, you don't live that far from Hollywood. Where do you get your ideas for these characters? It is pretty intuitive for sure. I mean, I feel like at this point, I've been working with these figures for so long that there's a quality of them that's like second nature. And I feel that on some level, I've created my own alternate universe that then I get to like play inside of, but they're not hermetically sealed from the outside world. I mean, I use painting in general as a way to process the world around me. Uh, so everything I experience from the most banal, you know, like going to the grocery store and seeing someone to, of course, seeing whatever maybe Hollywood is putting out there. On some level, all of that is in my head. And then when I come into the studio and start making these, that informs the choices I'm making. So uh, it's not a direct one-to-one. -one. It's not like I go in and want to make a painting of someone very specific. But of course, I'm working with the same kind of visual information that we're all experiencing in this day and age where imagery is just so kind of over, you know, overabundant. Right. 
And these are recurring compositional elements like eyes and lips. Is there any symbolism behind that? The eyes here we could talk about. Yeah, I mean, for years I've really simplified and abstracted the figure. And practice, that means that all human features become kind of the building blocks when I'm thinking of making an image. But it's kind of undeniable that there's extra significance to certain facial features, uh, mouths, but particularly eyes. And obviously that goes back to prehistoric art and certainly a lot of, I don't know, like Egyptian art. And for me, they're fun to make, but at the same time, this human quality of recognizing someone else through their eyes and portal of the eyes and of course, when I feel done with the painting and then stepping out of the way to let uh, anyone else, uh, viewer, look at the paintings and then it's theirs to do what they want with, a big part of that for me is that the paintings are often staring you down. They're looking right back at you and the bags are doing that too. It's like wherever you go on some level, these eyes are going to be following you. I love that. And to go back to this idea of uh, having to adapt your work onto a 3D space. So you've got the smaller bag that has the horizontal head. It's like a landscape uh, that wraps around the entire bag. Uh, you said to give it a daydreamer quality. I love that idea. Are you a bit of a daydreamer? I guess sometimes I am. I mean, I, I think I am through my painting in particular. I've always... I guess, like, I, I do live, or a, a large part of my active brain is involved in not only creating things, but taking in other people's creations. I always have loved art, music, all of that, as well as, you know, of course, looking at the waking world around us. And um, certainly that small bag on that level, you're, you're right, the kind of horizontality of it. I wanted it to both read as someone maybe just laying back daydreaming and also have the shape of the head and the hair going all the way around the bag, reading in its own way, like a kind of rolling hillside, um, you know, a little pastoral. <laughs> and how do you think people are going to react to your bags? Oh boy, that's hard to know. I mean, uh, I guess, you know, I hope people enjoy them half as much as I do, because uh, that would seem successful. Uh, but I guess after doing this for a long time, I, I feel like good art, and in this case, good fashion, certainly doesn't please everyone. So I just want to kind of create a big mood for uh, a passionate minority. That, like, that's kind of perfect for me. Okay. And we're kind of going at this backwards, but I'd love to know um, how you got into art. Because I, I believe you started painting in around 1990. As a kid, uh, were you a very artistic kid? There's not a time that I don't remember drawing and drawing like, you know, there's a point when you're little where everyone draws and then there's that period starting in early elementary school where everyone stops. <laughs> and I just always kept drawing. And my dad worked at a publishing plant where they would press books. And I would go with him and get these large sheets of paper. I 
would then go home and just with markers or something drop. So it also gave that sense of something working at a larger scale than your standard like school paper. And something about that was also really exciting and gave me a sense that this is something different than just drawing. Um, We're talking Charlie Brown here. (laughs) Yeah, there's definitely Charlie Brown. Early on, there was Charlie Brown and all of that. I loved comics. I mean, I still do. So my early work, when I first started painting, the work looks different, but there was a similar thing, which I was using those kinds of imagery that I remembered drawing. And like I had kind of muscle memories of how to draw, say, Charlie Brown, Popeye, all these people. And then I was using them just to kind of hang paint on and start making a painting. And with those, I kind of beat them up and made them look a little what's happened to them since they were kids. But it was really when I was at university when I kind of first truly discovered painting and could do it in a painting studio and could work at scale that then I realized, oh, I think this is what I'm meant to do. It was a strange, like I I didn't grow up I grew up in a kind of uh, more of an agricultural community. There weren't museums. I didn't really know artists. I mean, this is an interesting thing with fashion. It was largely like music or fashion magazines or album covers where I was getting a sense of art being made uh, at the time. And it was really when I went away to the university that I both started to visit museums and then started painting on my own. And from this day I really did that, I was like, this is what I want to do for my whole life. And luckily, I've been able to do it. (laughs) Yeah, because painting itself has gone in and out of fashion, of course. Absolutely. But what attracts you to this art form? God, I don't, I think it suits me really well. I'm a very visually oriented person. And I kind of need a lot of time to myself each day. So that's really helpful if you want to be a painter because, you know, of course you can have assistance and everything around with you, but like there's no way around the fact that you're going to spend a good chunk of your time alone in front of a canvas. And for me, that really is a regenerative thing. Like it helps me both kind of psychically and then when I go back into the community and certainly my family, like I feel energized by that. So I think it just suited my temperament really well. And because there were other things I loved doing, like I also played music and I love music. I'm really passionate about music and it was a fun way to collaborate with others, but it also like, I would feel a little more exhausted at the end of it because, uh, you know, all the interaction and of course it was really exciting, but then painting just is the perfect way for me to kind of live a day-to-day life. And really, I, I feel like I express myself so much better visually than with words. And how disciplined are you with your painting? Are you talking to us from your studio? I am. I keep a pretty uh, repetitive schedule. So... I get into the studio usually by 8 a.m. and I, you know, probably paint six, seven, maybe eight hours. Then I stop and I go home. But when I'm at home, then 
at a certain point every afternoon, I sit and draw, and the drawing never feels like work. It's more like I just love drawing, and so then it there's a really generative, open energy to that. And then those drawings end up being kind of usually like where a lot of the ideas that then come into the paintings first happen. And so, you know, the next time I'm starting a painting, I'll think like, oh, yeah, that little drawing, it seems worth investigating that further. Have you seen your final deal bags, the final pieces? Yes, I have. Yeah. How do you feel about them? Oh, I I love them. I mean, it was like they, I was completely exhilarated to see them. And again, like I not knowing, not having done this process and having done a number of collaborations where sometimes you get excited and the end product is maybe like, you're like, oh, overall I like this, but uh, maybe here and there you have some issues. With these, I just really love them. I mean, again, to go back to the incredible work of the artisans to translate all of my mark making into these, the incredible embroidery and beading um is just beyond exciting for me. It's a really strange experience to see your work translated to that level of another form of artistry, um, but it still feels really true to my vision. Um, so that part, I just feel really humbled by that, that all this, I mean, clearly hours and hours of fine, meticulous work is going to forward you know, my own vision is like, it's a really generous thing to experience. Thank you for listening. To hear more of our rich exchanges with guest artists from the seventh edition of Dior Lady Art, visit the Dior Talks podcast series available on all platforms. (laughs) 